Welcome to Five Shot Weekly. LA United were throated again by the New York Red Bulls. What went wrong and what went right? We discuss next. Welcome to the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ and this is Tanner and Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Follow our Twitch for new streams and surprises on Tuesdays and Thursdays starting at 9pm on twitch.tv slash TV. Atlanta United played a match, but it didn't go our way. However, it was a 1-0 loss to the New York Red Bulls. And again, we cannot best the New York Red Bulls in a kind of regular season type of situation as these points do count towards the regular season. And uh, yeah, I mean, New York Red Bull, they score very early, fourth minute. They catch us out. Uh, A couple of guys are out of position. And uh, Florian Velo, he uh, puts it away pretty tidily. And, um, you know, we have our chances. We cannot put them away. Uh, some would argue that Manuel Castro maybe missed a sitter or two. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, maybe there are some positives that, uh, you know, come out of this as well. But uh, largely, yeah, most people are kind of down because of the result. But I think uh, at the end of the day, there are... Uh, things that we can take away that uh, we can be kind of optimistic about going forward uh, in spite of, you know, just uh, always kind of uh, doom and gloom against the, the Red Bulls in a regular season scenario. So, but uh, guys, um, yeah, just going through, I mean, uh, you know, from the off, it was a lineup that was maybe a little perplexing for some uh, because of the exclusion of Barco. Uh, but, uh, we learned that, yeah, I mean, obviously he had a knock, uh, earlier that week and, uh, his exclusion probably was to save him from kind of a prolonged, uh, you know, kind of run out where if he does get injured, it might be a long-term injury and that's not what we want at all, especially, you know, in this time, um, you know, and already being short, uh, some of our top players, uh, or top player, really. But, um, and then, you know, so it's, a uh, you know, Bello is maybe a surprise for, for us, at least, probably. Um, you know, you have uh, also Castro and uh, Josetu in there. And that's uh, definitely some something that I think we all did not expect. What, what did you guys think of the lineup from the off? I thought it was a bit strange that you didn't have Remedi starting and you had no Adam starting. Um, the Barco, once you know, once you know, we found out that he had a knock, that's completely fine with me because, again, I've talked about it for a while. I just want to come out of this as injury-free as possible with this team. We don't want any more long-term injuries, especially to your important players. Take no risks in that situation because, as we've seen, it's been a slog fest for most of these matches, and it's hot and it's difficult down there. Um, so, yeah, I think that was surprising. Uh, you know, it was good to see Josetu was, was starting along with Castro. They were given opportunities. Performance, you know, obvious question marks there and you know Bella got the start as well I, I was personally thinking we were going to see Mulraney who's kind of impressed me a little bit because um, he has a bit more experience I think and Bella had his moments um, but I think that was the whole team in terms of they had okay but there was a lot to a lot to be left wanting for. yeah and uh, be- before we get to you Mark yeah I mean yeah speaking on Bella I mean he seemed to uh, I think 
you know, I think uh, for kind of the latter part of the first half, he was uh, really kind of terrorizing, uh, you know, Red Bulls' right side, but it was the early on where he didn't track back for, uh, you know, Velo to, to just sneak in behind Mesa. I don't blame him for that Mesa. goal. I'm not, I refuse mm -hmm. to blame him for that goal, for what it's worth, if we wanted to dig into that. Yeah. like. I think Brad Guzan, yeah, had maybe some, uh, you know, words about that where he was saying uh, maybe he could have tracked back a little, uh, you know, sooner and had the awareness, and that's what they've been kind of working with him on. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he's a young kid. He's going to learn from these mistakes, and you don't know until you get into these situations, um, you know, what to do possibly to rectify them in the future. But, uh, yeah, Mark, what did you think of the, the lineup from the off? Uh, I mean, from the off, I mean, like, before the ball is kicked, it's not like I hated it, you know what I mean? And kind of for similar reasons as Tanner. I mean, like, I'm not investing much in terms of, certainly not emotion in terms of this tournament, and I really don't think uh, more games this year are realistic. So it's just kind of like, a, you know, why not? Let's let's find out about Castro. Let's uh, find out about Mo Adams, who uh, Frank DeVore seems to, he mentioned his, I guess, tenacity, his ability to do the dirty work after the game. Um, you know, it's not the first time he's selected Mo Adams in a big game because he started versus LAFC last year. And uh, he started, I want to stay against Blue America this year. Um, then Bello, you know, I think even you know, having the options at left wing back is good. But I think ultimately uh, we do acknowledge that Bello's kind of the future in terms of like we want him to develop into an everyday starter for the team. Uh, and then if he has a career book beyond that, you know, we'll see. But um, I think at Lane, I want to do the due diligence in terms of developing Bello. So, I mean, all of that's fine. Um, in terms of the first goal, you know, that's a pretty big gap between the center backs, which in itself is shocking. Um, but then it's also where you, that's where that ball is played, right? Where that whole thing breaks down, you think that's where your defensive midfielder is. Uh, but he wasn't. So it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it, it was an aggressive setup, I think, in terms of uh, the positioning of, you know, in terms of how high the line was, far apart the center box were. But, uh, I mean, they, they, one reason or another, there was a breakdown, and we were caught out early and down 1-0 early against Red Bulls, which is the exact situation I'm sure they did not want to be in. Right. And I think the other thing about mm -hmm. that goal, though, to be fair, is that, you know, it was very aggressive from DeBoer, which I'm glad it was aggressive, but there's aggressive and then there's like naive and then there's stupidity, right? And something that was a feature throughout the game. First off, let's be let's be completely realistic here. Outside of some really important saves, Red Bull should have scored more. And yes, Atlanta had, had chances, but Red Bull should have scored more. Brad Fuzan made some incredible stops. So let's go ahead and put it out there that it could have been worse than just one nil. And thankfully, because it's the first game back, they did not score more goals. And well, to stop you there, though, I mean, it really could have been, uh, I mean, you know, I think uh, Frank DeBoer uh, said so, and I think also I think uh, most fans would agree that uh, Manuel Castro had a 100% chance on one of his uh, absolute sitters that he missed. Absolutely believe that, and that's yeah. one of the. And we'll so, get into that as one of the positives. Yeah. But in terms of their first goal, mm -hmm. one of the yes, Bello could have tracked back, and he did not do that hard enough, and that does come down to his yeah. experience. And that's a good thing for the tournament. Is that for me with Bello, 
thinking about it, it's a free hit. Play him as much as possible. He might not be there yet, but the experience is good. And honestly, again, I don't care about the results. The experience is great for him to play at a first-team level. Yeah. On that goal, though, Franco Escobar is basically playing center forward at the beginning when, when we lose that ball. And that was a thing that kept happening throughout the game. There was a couple of times in the first half where Fernando Meza decides to go on a walkabout. He's up there at center forward. And I get that we don't have a striker right now, but when you're playing your back three is that far apart, and they were wide when we had the ball. You basically had the, the center back standing almost at the, the byline with one guy in the middle. First off, we're not Barcelona. Let's be completely realistic. And the playing out of the back was much worse yesterday than it was last season. So that's something that we have to know because they were losing the ball and did not look comfortable at all. So you have to have the hubris of knowing, I want to play this way, but can we play this way? Realistically, not that much. And to go to the midfield thing, Mark's kind of right. You'd like to have a defensive midfielder or somebody that can get there. The center backs are all taken out in one pass on that goal, which is why I don't blame George Bellow. Eleni Nada does not have the midfielders right now to play with two. When you have Darlington Nagby, you can do it because he does everything and he's incredible. But right now, Eleni Nada does not have that luxury. Like, you have to play with three in midfield because that's the only way you're going to get enough quality from the group in that area to be successful. Because Eleni Nada could not go through the middle at any point in time. It was going wide, 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 and their best chances came from crosses. Pity Martinez, good service, multiple times. Brooks Lennon, really good service. Put it on a plate for Manuel Castro, who his performance is something we'll get onto later. But the crosses came, the chances came from wide. Nothing came through the middle. And you have to have more in the middle of the park. And playing that wide with no out and outs holding the midfielder is stupid. And again, I want things to improve, and this tournament doesn't mean anything. But just because it doesn't mean anything doesn't mean you go out there thinking that you're Croix Barcelona trying to play in a way that you don't have the personnel to do. And that's the problem, I think. Uh, not only the personnel, but knowing the situation that you're in a cup tournament. And so trying to play out from the back, trying to uh, essentially uh, think that you can play out against the New York Red Bull team who... Like, make no bones about it, they were raring to go. They uh, said before the match that, yeah, I mean, they're up for this game. They know they always play us really, really well. And uh, frankly, you know, probably get a result. And so uh, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we have to kind of know going in. It, it is maybe the setup is a bit naive against a team that you know is going to press. Uh, even though there might have been some, you know, kind of uh, adjustments, some kind of alterations that they're, uh, you know, going through that they're going to, you know, maybe play different ways as well. But yeah, you know, at least from the, you know, the first game that they're going to have the energy. They're going to at least try and uh, press they did. And, uh, you know, that just such a direct ball from Kaku, it's, um, you know, just kind of disturbing how easily it does slice us open. But, um, you know, with that, you know, there are throughout the match a lot of chances that, uh, you know, we create and we are dictating a lot of the play, uh, not exactly how we want it, uh, obviously, because, yeah, like you were saying in great points of, you know, our midfield lacking in a lot of areas, um, you know, to not be able to play with two, uh, two out and out just midfielders um, is very, very difficult. So, you know, you know, with XG kind of uh, being a stat that is pr pretty useful, I think, here because it also uh, shows that we were very much in this game. Like, we were at, at no point, like, it was just all, uh, you know, New York Rebels just controlling us throughout the match. So, you know, like, we, we could possibly have scored two, 
they possibly could have scored two, maybe three, uh, without you know some uh, masterful saves from uh, Guzan. Uh, that I think, yeah. I mean, whether they were at his feet or not, I mean, he had to make them. He had to react uh, very quickly to get them. And uh, so, I mean, it, at the end of the day, um, it could have been uh, it could have been worse. But I think you know, Atlanta United, we did show a lot of things that we can build on for future matches because um yeah obviously you know i think against kind of top clubs or at least clubs that always um you know we know that will play us tough it's maybe uh, you know because you've seen club america that wasn't exactly uh, a great uh, performance but we knew that yeah we were kind of really up against it and i think you kind of know that we were up against it when we play the red bulls it's gonna be uh you know something like that where um you know, us playing our game is just probably not going to happen. And so that's back to my point. You know, did Frank DeBoer set up the team correctly uh, to play this first match? And uh, were his expectations a little too lofty of the uh, the team and the personnel? So, uh, Mark, we'll throw to you. You can rant for a few minutes if you want. <laughs> I know, you're fine. Um, I would say the one thing, if you want to play like that, um, and like going back just to reiterate we understand why Barco didn't start but uh, want to play like that where you have the center backs so far apart I think and not for the first time like the center backs struggled to really create much or in those balls over the top and especially since LGP is gone you don't really have that player in the back line right now I think what you need is a midfielder who's going to do a little more of taking care of the ball you know, taking it off of the center backs. And maybe he's, you know, that player. And uh, I think it's in right now for us, it's Rometty, right? Um, or Larry. He's just. Huh? Or Larry. Or, yeah, or to a degree, yeah. Larry. I think Rometty's a little more mobile. Uh, but Larry does make himself available, which is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's simple passes to other center backs and then to the wing backs and so on. But at least you're getting that ball through the middle to where you're making the other team work a little bit, right? Because especially early on versus Red Bulls, they were just passing the ball around, you know, like to the wing back, to the forward coming wide, and then like Tam was saying, and then it's cross, or it was long balls, you know, but like not long balls to nobody really, just lumping it up there. Um, and I think to a degree as well, I think uh, Red Bulls deserve credit because they pressed early on, but you knew they weren't going to be able to keep that up, especially mm-hmm. in that heat, and especially coming off a long layoff. As the game went on, they sat back, they sat back. And so I think that's where some of the United's chances came from as well. You know, it's just like a little bit. I think Red Bulls, in a way, control the game in the way they would, which is, you know, like you look at the, the passing stats, there's no point. You know, like we passed way more and Red Bulls were like at a 60 per, 60% pass completion rate versus the United, I think, be something. You yeah, know? But they didn't want the ball. That's clear. That's, uh, that's how they play. Yeah, and, so, uh, but, the, mm-hmm. but the XG, but the XG was similar. Mm-hmm. You know, another point I'll make as well. You know, in terms of specifically how that game played out, I made this point on Twitter. I thought it was a very banal point. Uh, the way the game played out, you could see exactly where we missed Nagby and Joseph. I mean, the missed chances just puts one of those away. Everybody agrees on that. Mm-hmm. And in terms of uh, you know having that, that 
pressure valve uh, be that midfielder who can release the pressure valve who can take care of the ball who can you know maybe even turn on a player or two and get the ball forward that was darlington nagby he did that for columbus for cincinnati's second goal he skinned the uh Medunin in that you know mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> Dribbled the ball forward passed it to the uh to the attacking midfielder and the midfielder passed it to uh, I guess it was artist for the goal, you know, like Nagby had a second assist on that and did most of the work so uh, For people who want to come at me with oh Atlanta United's had a long layoff or a rusty or the mixed lineup None of those points are actually answering the point that I made, you know, and I'm not saying that uh, We're gonna find the exact replacement for those players because I think we've made this point before you don't really mm-hmm. But it has to be the replacement or moving on from those players has to come from the system mm-hmm. and the new players to a degree in this case Oko Setu uh, Maybe hopefully Eric Lopez comes in and when he can eventually play does well the point the only point I was making is that Haven't played a lot of games since we are missing those players So we're still struggling to kind of move on them yeah but in the games that we have missed them we haven't looked great and i think mark makes a great point about the mm-hmm. system and you know he, he's very right we it was highlighted the players that atlanta were missing even you could say lgp as well it highlighted how you, atlanta is missing him and again we say that you know again the results in this tournament for me they don't matter but still you'd like to see the team play well and then that didn't happen i mean for me you know manuel castro and I don't care what people say, the cross was too hard from Brooks. Don't give me that. It was on the floor, it was not really bobbling, and it was in the middle of the box. You are paid to score from kicking a ball. Do better. Whether you hit it, if you hit it first time and he blasts it over, fine. But my thing with Castro is he's here on loan, which means he has to play well in the chances he gets and the opportunities he gets to impress the club into getting him on a permanent. That game wasn't one of them because not only could he miss that, did he miss that chance, I think he struggled to even execute a shot and he had three opportunities inside of the box to at least put a shot on target so yeah the xg might be great and outside of john's chance which is probably the best of the game great save by red bull by the keeper um Atlanta might have created chances but they didn't even get shots on target and execute them at least red bull can do that well yeah and i think they have guys that you know have played together uh, a good bit now because uh, there is some continuity from last year we have a ton of turnover and so it's guys that aren't necessarily uh, really acclimated with each other. And so that's where, you know, I think I made the point in some fan camps that uh, should Frank de Boer have maybe simplified the game a little bit for the team and not having to, you know, have the team stress about a false nine, uh, have the team stress about, uh, you know, trying to play like last year in a way, because he's still saying that 3-4-3 is probably uh, you know the best formation for the set of players that he has and you know while that you know in some incarnation in his head might be true uh, I don't think it was very apparent in that uh, you know on Saturday you didn't see players that were able to finish these moves that yeah I mean I think give credit to Castro though that he was able to get into those positions uh, to be able to finish them and Lennon for also getting the ball to him uh, but uh, and PT as well for uh, uh, for Castro as well. But it's just one of those things where um, you know it's just uh, it's very very tough. Uh, I think um, you know for the personnel in the team if they're not being the uh, you know given the system to succeed probably in a way too. Um, you know just expecting them to be able to play out um, you know against a team like Red Bull 
uh, on, you know, after so much time off, four months off, and then before that, uh, pretty much like three months off, uh, you know, the longest off season that MLS has had. I mean, that's pretty much the majority of the year they haven't been, you know, playing competitive matches. That's, I think, uh, something that is just too tall of an order, uh, you know, from the coaching staff that, um, you know, hopefully they simplify things going forward so the team can maybe, uh, yeah, you know, what they what they might, uh, you know, have to, to think in their head to, to do. Like, if they're not within, like, three minds on, like, oh, what should I do here? Like, instead, just be instinctual. That could be a lot easier and better for the uh, the teams going forward, especially in a comp cup competition. I mean, uh, there is obviously a pragmatic side to Franck Dubois. Uh, yes, fans do want to uh, to see beautiful football from LA United, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think the club has kind of prioritized a little bit that uh, you know the results are ultimately king, and so uh, you know, yeah, we want to do that, but you know, let's find the opportunities to do that. Let's do it against an FC Cincy. Yes, we know we can impose them. But New York Red Bulls, obviously, that's uh, that's just a tall order. So uh, anyway, so moving on from that, though. Um, yeah, in terms of the guys who did perform well, uh, obviously Brad Guzan was one of them uh, with a couple of very crucial saves. Uh, Brooks Lennon, I think, definitely was providing a lot of service from the right that um, he had two key passes that, of course... Castro, one of them, did not finish. That, uh, and then PT Martinez. I mean, uh, you know, obviously he was. I think throughout the game, he was uh, our focal point. He was running the game. Uh, I, I think the, the bitter thing for me is that he wasn't on the end of some of those. More so, he was creator, and uh, maybe that should be what's flipped. Is uh, a guy like him, who uh, you know has been balling out earlier in the season, maybe gets more looks. Uh, kind of on the end of these plays because we know that uh, at least early on the season he was um, you know he was finishing them a plum but uh, you I know, think the problem with that is getting him the ball though because if sure. you move him forward who's going to be the one delivering Barco's him the ball gotta because, play. Yeah, yeah but Bar yeah Barco has to play but if Barco's hurt or it's not Barco where else is it coming from and I guess right. that's where you really want to see that step up from guys like Heinemann and you Hosetu. know obviously Hosetu in mm -hmm. his new in his in his new opportunity here as well they're going to have to make those moves because you're right I mean, you are right. He has the, probably the most quality in terms of finishing chances um, out of the people that are available. And if that's the case, you have to put your best goal scorer there, but then that gives you another question, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Frank DeBoer is in by no means an easy situation, but I no. think, you know, you're, you're, you're spot on in terms of him picking and choosing when he should be playing types of systems and keeping it simple because you might not have ideal personnel to do what you want to do and you have to simplify it sometimes like you said right and so yeah maybe it's not yeah playing three at the back maybe it's not playing with a false nine maybe it's uh you know not playing with just two midfielders maybe you know get a little crazy next time if you see a, a team like red bull that uh will press you and well obviously there are not many teams like red bull in this league but um you know anything red bull light even um you know if you face a press let's let's plan that uh you know it's maybe try a four-four-two or something, like simplify it so hard that you know you know that the team will, uh, you know, be able to respond to know where they need to be. But um, yeah, so in terms of uh, yeah, moving on from that, uh, let's get into some of the post-match quotes. Uh, and Frank de Boer, he uh, he was talking about that second half that uh, he thought was uh, pretty equal. Game of two halves, uh, he was probably talking about. Uh, he said that. 
quote, they had some good opportunities. Uh, we had some good ones as well, especially with Manuel Castro in the beginning and late on as players get tired, you saw some more chances. We were very close with Adam John's, uh, Adam John's header at the end, but unfortunately for us, it didn't go in and uh, for a draw, but I see a lot of positive things. But we are Atlanta United. We want to win every game, and that's the attitude we want, of course. We are never satisfied with a point or no, or with no points. Um, I mean, I think we can definitely echo that last sentiment. Obviously, there are some uh, pretty passionate rants already throughout this uh, this podcast, so I think uh, you, you can tell that we care for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, there, are, yeah. I mean, Braguzan talked about uh, the Red Bulls' goal. I think uh, you know fairly obvious I think we talked about it a little bit earlier but the um, you know looking at um, you know Red Bulls against uh, a game like Cincinnati he said uh, you look at their games in the past their fullbacks especially on the weak side they bomb forward as well as their inferior interior midfielders they will make that run consistently with one ball we were in trouble our spacing wasn't good enough and with one ball over the top he was in on goal Um, yeah that's maybe where you know uh, we can learn from something like what they've done uh be a little bit more direct and not try to uh you know just kind of uh you know mess about when we don't really need to at times let's just get the ball to pt martinez and see what we can do maybe in in this cup tournament i mean we need we need results uh and we need results fast so but um what's uh an interesting thing here is that uh you know the tiebreakers for determining the three highest ranked teams because uh, this will be uh, something that we will need to look at uh, going in because uh, right now we are third. And um, yeah, the three highest ranked teams are one points, two goal differential, three goal scored, and then four fewest disciplinary points, which uh, means, yeah, fouls, yellow cards, all that type of stuff. So uh, I, I believe it was uh, 16 to 17, according to uh, Mike Conti on Twitter, that's um, counted all the disciplinary points so far. Uh, LA United with 16 disciplinary points. So interesting uh, that that comes uh, as a, a tiebreaker. Very, very, uh, you know, maybe kind of unorthodox, but, uh, you know, it's a, maybe a problem if uh, Franco Escobar can't reel it in, but I, I feel like maybe we'll, uh, we'll be all right. But um, so. Uh, anyway, moving on, uh, yeah, you, some of you guys may have uh, noticed there's some crowd noise. They did say that there wasn't going to be any crowd noise uh, going into in that any of these matches, but Fox Sports did have some crowd noise. Let us know if you uh, enjoyed it or not, because uh, obviously it's a little bit different in Orlando than, say, in the Premier League or Bundesliga, where, uh, yeah, they're in their home stadiums. This is Orlando in uh, the well, well, sports complex. With some bleachers. Yeah, with some bleachers. It's just like, yeah, they're, it's not the same feel, obviously. So, yeah, let us know if you guys watched it with the crowd noise, and if you guys enjoyed it, let us know in the comments below. But, uh, so, anyway. Uh, I mean, I personally enjoyed it. Yeah. You enjoyed it? Ah, great. But, um, I, I, I enjoyed it without the crowd noise. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. It's like one of those things where, right, like you, you can hear uh, the conversation, you can hear a little bit, but making it out, that's a whole different thing. That's <laughs> like there's a lot of different languages spoken, and uh, yeah, if you're if you're multilingual, so I did enjoy listening because. Go ahead. Yeah, the, uh, the broadcast zoomed in on uh, Du Bois' huddle. So, 
uh, in the first half, and you could hear him telling the team, like, you know, when this pass is in there, then go over the top, you know, like, well, we need to for this pass or that pass. I mean, that was that was interesting. I yeah, thought. yeah, and no, it, it definitely, yeah, that that shows that. Fraktabor was being more pragmatic. Uh, he was instructing the team to go over the top and uh, to the wings, uh, which is, I think, yeah, he's adjusting. This is good. But uh, still, it's just one of those where, um, you know, the system still, I think, doesn't suit the personnel. But uh, do you guys have any final thoughts on the match before we move on? We'll go with uh, Mark first. Um, no, I mean, you know, we just have to see what lineup is out there. I think we all know what our most likely best lineup is. Uh, so, you know, and Cincinnati is a different proposition. So we'll just, it's just game by game with this thing. Yeah. Dan, thoughts on this match? I don't care. I don't really give uh, a shit about the results in this tournament because I think it's kind of a farce. But I do want to see decent performances, especially from some of the newer and the younger players to show some flashes about what they can do and to show an idea of, okay, this is where we want to go and, and showing actual progress going towards that. If you lose matches, that's fine. But you got to see some decent performances out there because that's that's what you want. You want to get, obviously, this is weird, but you want to get a taste of, okay, this is where we're going. This is what we can do. This is what some of these guys can provide. So hopefully, they can do that while staying healthy and we'll see what happens yeah all right uh so guys we'll move on and get into the news as i uh try to switch at the same time here uh here we go oh i did it and uh so uh getting into the first bit of news is that eric lopez uh he was seen signing a contract with his agents on friday and uh, Roberto Rojas and Futgol Paraguay uh, and various others in Paraguay have uh, pretty much confirmed that the deal is like signed, done. Uh, but of course, LA United nor Olympia, his uh, parent club for uh, Lopez, have confirmed the deal nor announced anything. And uh, that's no surprise. I think obviously right now there is uh, this tournament going on and we have roster spots that, uh, you know, are pretty much taking uh, maybe a spot that Eric Lopez would occupy in the future. And so maybe announcing that now might not be the best idea because then you'd have to, you know, play with one short even more uh, because Jurgen Dom is uh, occupying one of the spots now as well. And so, uh, you know, with that, I mean, you also have Frank de Boer saying that there's uh, he's not uh, aware of any new uh, new uh, things regarding Eric Lopez. So, you know, he's playing uh, some some of that coach speak up as well. But uh, what, what do you guys think? Is this done? Is he an LA United player? Is there too much smoke for it to be just completely false? It's just a weird uh, MLS quirk again, right? I mean, like, how long did it take us to announce that uh, LGP was sold, or you know, like the whole be out uh, PD Martinez in thing? It's it's I think part and parcel for MLS. There, I'm right there with him. I mean, I just I think it's just one of those things where you want the deal to get done because you want to see what the young guy can do. Um, but obviously, you raise a really good point with with the roster restrictions and. Just another stupid thing about this tournament that new players can't play because you need bodies and you're like nope no bodies you can't have them even if you sign them unless they are not good which is like what i'm so confused like miami need lgp right now and mls is like no we don't want you to be better which would be better on tv which makes you a better team and a better product for the league can't have it yeah, yeah. no it is bizarre uh and i think uh 
it's interesting to look at maybe some other countries too. It's like, um, I've been seeing some Americans are going over to say Japan and they have to quarantine for two weeks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not a situation in the United States uh, because, well, I mean, for obvious reasons, if, uh, you know, if you believe, uh, I think most people here and, well, I think the people here believe that uh, all the, the COVID-19 cases are real. But uh, yeah, I mean, with that going on, uh, you know, if they have to quarantine before the tournament, uh, you know, would that have even been possible? You know, that might not even allow them to even be, uh, you know, part of the, the squad as well. Maybe that's a factor. Who knows? But, you know, LGP was living in, I believe, San Diego when he was playing for Cholo. So, you know, if that uh, is a factor, I don't think it really affects him. But, um, so anyway, moving on from that, uh, LA United, they announced. Uh, that Truist as, uh, is their left sleeve sponsor, and that Napa Auto Parts is their shorts sponsor, uh, at least for this tournament, for the uh, short sponsor for Napa. Uh, now, we'll, it'll remain to be seen if Truist is uh, you know the left sleeve sponsor going forward, but uh, I mean, I think li likely loss of all this revenue that there's going to be, uh, you know, probably, uh, Maybe increasing sponsorships on these kits, but uh, what did you guys think of the uh, the announcement and how it looks? Because uh, yeah, obviously it kind of melds in at least. It's all gold with uh, the king kit, and I believe uh, it will probably with the uh, the star and stripes as well. But what would you think, real quick? Yeah, I mean it looks good. You got to make money somehow, so no complaints from me. Just wish Coke or Delta would commit. <laughs> Yeah, but they might just be too big for LA United, I think, uh, you know. Just... Well, isn't Coke a sponsor for uh, Miami? I think they are for Inter-Miami. I think they're one of their sleeve sponsors. Yeah, they're sleeve sponsors. And it's just like, bruh, you gonna pick Inter-Miami over Atlanta? Come on. It might be also, uh, just to play devil, devil's advocate on that, uh, They people, you know, know that uh, Coca-Cola is an Atlanta company, and Coca-Cola knows that everybody in Atlanta knows Coca-Cola, so they don't really need advertisement, possibly. But Miami, different markets, they know like, okay, you know, that's maybe more worthwhile for uh, advertisement dollars. But anyway, Mark. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's revenue. Uh, Truist is interesting. I was just thinking like you have Truist Park, so maybe there's a little bit of uh, connection there. But honestly, like Truist seems like they're just, you know, putting their names on whatever they can in Atlanta at this point. So. Seems so, yeah, it does. Uh, well, moving on from that, uh, Joseph Martinez uh, posted on Twitter a couple videos, but his second video, uh, he said, quote, muscle, almost back, and of course with his uh, mad face emoji, and uh, paired along with that, the video was, uh, some could say it was a gratuitous slow-mo of his thighs as he ran. <laughs> Uh, some would even say that it's extra AF and some would even probably say that, uh, you know, they like it a lot. And so, uh, <laughs> with that said, I mean, it's, uh, I think you, you can see that maybe Joseph Martinez, uh, heard all those criticisms when he was doing leg presses and, uh, he's waging that, oh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I see the criticisms, but, uh, you know, there wasn't that much atrophy. It's pretty much there. I mean, he's almost back, but I mean, yeah, it's uh, it was a little bit hilarious uh, to also see Michael Parker's uh, comment on uh, the, that Twitter post as well. 
Just, uh, yeah, I mean, you said, I think, the best use of slow-mo, <laughs> which... It might be, it might be. Because <laughs> I think it all, in some way, you know, one way or another, got us excited. We won't say how, but... <laughs> anyway, so, moving on. Ooh, uh, moving on. Uh, yes, Jackson Conway with the Atlanta United 2s. They were playing uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, they are also back. There's a USL tournament as well. And Jackson Conway have a hit. Wow. I mean, the homegrown, or not the homegrown, but he is a he is an academy player, rather. And uh, he just hits it from pretty much the D outside of the box. And it's like half a chip, half a, you know, just a, a knuckle ball that just hits the, you know, top middle of the net that, ooh, it is a sweet hit. And comes out of nowhere. I mean, it just a... Uh, um, you know, just a loose ball, and wow, I mean, but unfortunately, they lose to the Tampa Bay Rowdies 2-1, uh, it seemed like there were a lot of academy players in the squad, uh, which, great that they get, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, minutes, but I think, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of the inexperience showed in this match, but, uh, so they lost 2-1, but, uh, yeah, you guys saw that hit, right? Ooh, just, yeah. I think Jackson Conway is definitely a player that potentially, you know, could have a chance with the first team um, in the near future if he keeps improving and performing the way he does with the twos. I mean, he scores some really good goals and he's physical and offers you a different, a different, you know, style of, of forward. So, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a chance potentially in the first team. And I imagine they're very much aware of his progress in tracking that. Right. Indeed. Um, all right. So moving on from that, uh, Miguel Miron, our old friend uh, who's, of course, playing for Newcastle. He has had a song written about him. Uh, now, uh, a Swedish rapper by the name of Cozy Panic, he uh, titled a song called Hey Miggy. And uh, yeah, it's become a number one hit in Paraguay on some of the charts and uh, some of the other places as well. But uh, yeah, really catchy. I, I assume you guys heard this one. And I mean, I... When I first heard it, uh, it was on his wife's uh, IG story, and I was like, wait, wait a minute. Like, is are those lyrics about Miggy? Actually, about Miguel? And turns out they are. Holy crap. I mean, you know, the people love him. I mean, anywhere he goes. I think even uh, Newcastle United, they put out a post, like, because this is one of the lyrics. They said, that damned smile. And, man, it's just, uh, you know, that smile is just so infectious. And uh, obviously he has uh, kind of, um, you know, just, uh, what, for lack of a better word, he's infected the hearts of, uh, you know, not only Paraguay, Atlanta, but also Newcastle. So, uh, anyway, moving on from that, uh, some of the news from around MLS uh, is back in the tournament. Uh, if we didn't speak about this uh, last time, I believe we haven't, but FC Dallas has uh, been forced to withdraw and also Nashville SC uh, for positive COVID-19 tests that uh, essentially, yeah, they were just, uh, it was a little bit of an outbreak that uh, it was just maybe, um, maybe a little ill-sighted uh, by, uh, you know, by everyone really, uh, by not only the, you know, the uh, for MLS, but also MLSPA maybe because, yeah, there was a, initially going to be two weeks before the tournament, and they kind of fought back on that for, I think, good reason because of families and whatnot, and um, you know, being away from everybody that they love for long, longer periods of time. But now, 
because of a lack of that buffer, uh, teams have had to drop out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think even more cements what uh, Tanner's uh, kind of gripes about the tournament are to begin with. But um, yeah, I mean, and then there have been uh, some false negatives as well with uh, Sporting KC, with New York Rebel right before our match. But um, real quick, like, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, all that? Oh, yeah, also the DC and Toronto match that was uh, played today on Monday. Uh, full disclosure, this is when we're, uh, we're filming this. But, uh, yeah, they had to postpone their match as well. I mean, so, yeah, thoughts on the, the COVID-19. Is, uh, is the tournament in danger of not happening? I mean, it should be. Well, sir, I can't say that with confidence. It should be, though. I mean, you know, and I... If there's somewhere where I can bet on whether or not this tournament happens, I would bet on not, honestly. It's a, yeah. it's just a problem after yeah. problem. I think uh, one, of the, uh, one of the latest things is, you know, the fact that these teams are, you know, having to get tested, then uh, some of these tests are not reliable. But the other thing, too, is that they have to get a quick turnaround. But your average civilian, I think it's about a two-week turnaround in terms of finding out whether or not you have COVID after the fact. And so it's just another, I think that's, it's kind of a moral argument in terms of how important is this versus what's happening in uh, regular American civilian life. And it's just, uh, that's what I can't square with, man. I got tested today and it's a seven to 10 day turnaround for me to get my results. So it's just like, you know, you know, added to the fact that they've been having these false positive tests that are causing kickoffs to be delayed or canceled or moved around, and you you continue, you know, the teams that have been forced to withdraw aren't exactly happy about it either. I mean, FC Dallas, you know, had you know Taylor Tolman talking about them sharing cheese its, and those players are like cheese its really like come on, like so I think that there's just a lot of just stupidity, and I think that. The idea of the tournament was nice, but I think a lot of MLS's policies and ideas about how they were going to execute things were half-baked, not fully thought out. And I'm right with you, Mark, and I don't need to say much more other than I don't know what's going to happen with this tournament, but MLS already has egg on its face. I think at this point, it's just how much egg it has on its face come the end of it. Yeah. I think the one situation that we're barreling towards is a team in the knockout rounds that has to drop out. Like, mm-hmm. I would be surprised if that does not happen. Yeah. No, it, these are... Uh... The uh, not only moral, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, the actual physical conundrums that the, uh, you know, the tournament will have to deal with. So, yeah. Uh, So that does it for the news and uh, moves us on to a little bit of housekeeping in that, uh, yeah, we're doing not only uh, some Twitch streams playing FIFA career mode. Tanner has been manning the sticks on that and playing as LA United in the EFL championship doing a great job i believe he's top of the table now in the championship and uh yeah we have the possibility of uh not only winning the uh the league outright but of course with that uh gaining promotion into the premier league and so that will be a lot of fun but uh yeah join us on twitch.tv slash fan tv for more and of course we will also be doing watch alongs and we are working out and sussing out all the technical issues that we uh were encountering last time and we promise you it will be a better stream going forward but uh that does it for the housekeeping and moves us on to uh, this week's edition of soccer trivia showdown with in the club and uh yeah tanner go ahead and take it away you're the quiz master 
Cheers for that. AJ, if you haven't been watching with what was going to happen is I'm going to name a player. They have played an MLS at some point in time. And then AJ and Murphy are going to take turns bidding against each other in terms of how many clubs they can name. If you get the, if you get it right, then you get a point. If you get any club wrong, the other person gets a point. Um, AJ won last week. Um, he is up two to one, I believe, and can clinch this week. Um, so he will be starting for us as the current winner and the first player that you'll be getting aj is tim howard he's played for five clubs how many can you name okay uh i'll say i'll say two for now aj says three. two mark you can name three aj can you name four let's see go, go ahead mark, mark. Some reason I'm cloudy. <laughs> United, Everton, Rapids. Correct. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Also could have said New York Metro Stars, which is where he started his That's career. Right. And he's currently with Memphis 901. All righty. Oh, I forgot you Yeah. All righty. To Mark. Mark 1-0 up. Next one's a bit interesting. Has Atlanta United connections, but has not played for Atlanta United. And that would be technical director Carlos Bocanegra, who has played for seven clubs. Ooh. Oh, man. Uh, I can name one. One. AJ, can you name two? I can, I can name, name two. two. Mark, no three? No. No three, AJ, two. <laughs> Should be a layup. All right. Fulham. Yep. Chicago, Chicago Fire. Fire. Yep. Boom. You want to name any more just to show off? Uh, I'm not in that mode to like go through my mind. So no, I'm good. All right. <laughs> started, his Chicago, started his career Chicago Fire, then went to Fulham, then went to Rene, I believe, in France or Rennes, um, Saint Etienne, Rangers, Racing Santander, and then finished his career off with Chivas USA. All right, next player also with Atlanta United Connections because he currently plays for them, AJ. And this player has come up in trivia before, but is Fernando Meza. He's played for seven clubs. How many can you name? Okay. Uh... Let's see. Try to. As they oh, count on their fingers. I know, I'm trying <laughs> to count. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But what does Mark know? So that's that's the question here. Uh, yeah, three. Three? three. I got three from AJ. Mark, four? Four, AJ. AJ, right. name me three. Yep, Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. Cholos. Yep. Technically. Yep. Uh, and then Technic Cholos. Technically, yes, but if I could get one more, actually, that'd be great, because you never played a match for him. Nekaxa. Okay. And one more, you said? Or did you say one before Nakatsu and not counting Cholos? Because yep. he never technically played a game. Yeah, Colo Colo. There you go. Colo Colo, Nakatsu, Atlanta United. Boom, also could have said San Lorenzo, Olimpo, San Marcos, and weirdly a club called, like, Palestine? Palestine. In, uh, Palestine in Argentina as well? I don't know. But all right, there you go. AJ, nicely done, takes the 2-1 lead, throws it over to Mark. Sebastian Giovinco has played for five clubs. How many can you name? <laughs> I 
A good game is a quick game, gentlemen. Yep. Two. 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 Two clubs from you. AJ, can I get three? Oh, man. What's, what's that? that? What's that, that one in the, the Middle East? That uh huh. Red, you know? <laughs> that's the one in the Middle East. Like... Ah, I have to go with another one. Oh, I can't. Go for it. Toronto and Juventus. Yep. Also played for Empoli, Parma, and Al Halal as the club you're looking for in the Middle East. Yeah. Al Halal. I would have said Al Assad. I knew I was wrong though. Yeah. All right. So it's two-two. Brings it over to AJ. Oh, where to go? Sorry, my thing closed on me. All right, Victor Wanayama has played for five clubs. How many can you name? Oh, da, 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 um, three. Three. Mark, can I get four? No, go for it. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, Montreal, Montreal Impact. Mm-hmm. Southampton. Mm-hmm. I believe Spurs. Yep. Also could have said Celtic and this team called Beershot, I believe, but yeah. yes. Southampton, Tottenham Hotspur, and Montreal Impact. Boom, boom, boom. Well played. AJ takes a 3-2 lead back over to Mark. This should be a spicy one. Played for eight clubs, including Atlanta United. Still have to name it, but it's Breck Shea. Ooh, okay. Uh... Um... Good game is a quick game. Five. Five? Five. Five. Okay, AJ, that, can that, I get six? No, I gotta count. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the finger counting, Bob Mark was looking down. Exactly. Like, How many can I do? Wait, oh, right, right. right. Oh, okay, Five. Well, strong opening bid from Mark. I gave six. Six? Mark, can I hear seven? If you can name seven, I'm going to be hella impressed. I'm going to let AJ take it. Six. AJ, give me six. Okay. Uh, starting off, uh, FC Dallas. Yes. Vancouver Whitecaps. Yes. Orlando City. Yes. LA United. Yes. Uh, Stoke it does City. Count. Yep. That's five, right? Yep. Uh, oh shit! Oh shit! The lights. <laughs> uh, I thought I had it. Oh man! What the hell? Um, that's five so far, right? And I renamed Orlando yep. City. Of course, Inter Miami. I think he did play the that first match. Or yeah, was part it of it. Counts. Yeah. That's six. That's six. Um, there you go. There you go. You named. You said six. Yeah. You yeah. also could have. The other two would have been the, if you would have gotten them as Barnsley and Birmingham City. Yeah, yeah I thought I said so. seven for some reason. That's why I was like sweating. I was like, wait a minute. No, you said six. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, you're good. All right. That's what a four-two lead for AJ, right? Indeed. Mm, going back to him. Yeah. Four-two lead to AJ. Going over to him to finish it off. Right. Did four-two? I thought it was three-two. Is it three two or four two? How many? How many? Uh, how many it's gone? three two. Is it three two? No, oh, wait. How many names? Might be four. Here? No, you're right. It is. It is four. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. All, All right. right. All it started with me, and then yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, last player for the day. 
Bradley Wright Phillips has played for seven clubs. How many can you name? Including the team he's currently with, even though he hasn't played, but we know he's going to. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I love Wrighty's kids, but it's one of those, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of all the clubs that he's been at. <laughs> That's the tough part. That's the tough part. Seven. Ooh. I'll bid at least two. Two. Okay, two. Mark, can you go three? You gotta go three. I mean, otherwise yeah, I you lose. To. Have to, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do three. AJ, four. You want Mark to name three? Oh, go, go for it. it. Name it? All right. All right, so. Yeah. LAFC, New York Red Bull, uh -huh. and. Uh... Castle? No! You could have said Manchester City, Southampton, Plymouth, Argyle, right. Charlton Athletic, or Brentford, but he started his career at Manchester City, mm -hmm. along with Sean Wright. Indeed. Yeah, that's what I have. Woo! So, boom. I believe boom. that is 5 2 game set and match to AJ. He takes it. Well played, AJ. Well played to Mark as well, and well administered by Tanner. That was a lot of fun. Uh, how did you guys do? Let us know in the comments below. But, uh, yeah, I mean. That's a that's a tough game. That's really not as easy as uh, we possibly. Yeah, made that it's, look. It's, you think but... it lights on, and then it's a whole thing when you're in a spot, and you got to think of it off the top of your head. Exactly, especially some players that maybe you you know haven't really thought about in a minute. But I mean, it's like yeah, like for me, Jovinko. It's like oh man, like I'm not I'm not looking at Jovinko all the time, you know. So. That's where it's it is. It could be very tough for uh, you know the players, but uh, anyway. So what a standout performer in MLS, nonetheless. He definitely misses his influence at times. That's for sure. Yeah, I think he's uh, his time was definitely too short in MLS because uh, yeah, and I, I, he uh, not willfully probably moved away. But anyway, uh, that does it for the Five Stripe Weekly uh, Soccer Trivia Showdown for in the club, and uh, pretty much the entire show except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, uh, you know, besides Atlanta United, because that's obvious, uh, who do you guys think is going to win the MLS's back tournament if it is able to be completed? So let us know in the comments below. We're looking forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Tanner and Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Come on.